are listening to Gaywire on CJSR, your homegrown source for lesbian, gay, bisexual, trans, and queer news, culture, stories, and events from Edmonton and beyond. Hey there. Hi. You're JD. I always forget you're talking to me and not just like, I assume you're just saying hi to the Well, it's to you and everybody at the same time. Okay, but then I have to respond. Yes, you do. They don't have to respond. I mean, that'd be nice. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If they want to respond, they can... uh, Talk to the radio. Yeah. Or get us on Twitter, because we do that now. How has your week been? Fine, I guess. I don't know. Uneventful. Yeah. We've been to any, no, no, no queer events or things to nope. report. That's fair. <laughs> uh, <been> everything. <laughs> as we said, yeah, last week, everywhere you go is a queer place. Yeah. That's fair. Um, yesterday, let me just go into my past Facebook events. Uh, I was at the talk, A Brief and Unreliable History, which was a reading with um, Amy Fung and Ted Kerr. And uh, that reading, we recorded it, and we'll be uh, uh, playing it next week, hopefully, on the show, so we can give that a listen. It was uh, work from two of their upcoming, like both of their upcoming sort of work, and they were talking about a whole bunch of things, including um, growing up in queer prairie places, um, Uh death, and all that sort of stuff. History, you know. Cool. Yeah. This is Joni Mitchell coming at you from CJSR FM 88. <laughs> we love you. You are so welcomed here. You know, we as gay people, we get to choose our family. We get to choose the people we're around. I am your family. We are family here. RuPaul Charles. Hey there, we're Gaywire on CJSR, 88.5 FM. Uh, I don't think I said my name, I'm Alexa. You're JD. Okay, so we have some news coming out of Toronto, and, and this has been an ongoing story for months, but there's finally been a bit of um, a bit of new information that's come out about it. Do you want to share oh, some of the details? I'll start it off. Summarizing, yeah. uh, so, um, a 66-year-old self-employed Toronto landscaper has been charged with two counts of first-degree murder in the disappearance of Andrew Kisman and Salim Essen who went missing near Church and Wesley, which is the gay neighborhood over the last year. In Toronto. Uh, in Toronto, yes. Um, so Bruce, uh, sorry, Bruce MacArthur, who lives uh, in Thorncliffe Park, was arrested by officials around noon, to, or, sorry, around 10.30 a.m. today. Um, the uh, Toronto a representative from the Toronto Police Homicide Squad said in a news conference, quote, we believe he is responsible for the deaths of Mr. Essen and Mr. Kinsman, and we believe he is responsible for the deaths of other men who have not yet been identified. In other words, we believe there are other victims. 
so neither Essen or Kinsman's bodies have been found, police said, and police have initiated search warrants for four Toronto property properties and a fifth in Maddock, Ontario, which are all associated with MacArthur. Um, they said they're conducting these search warrants in an effort to locate the bodies. They did not give any specifics on the evidence that prompted them to arrest MacArthur. So there you go. And there has been, I mean... Uh, uh, I'm reading a longer story, sorry. Did you, did you say that there, this, this, the Star reports three other people suspected who went missing around the same time? Mm-hmm. And... Yeah. All in the gay community, and that's what they're thinking. Yeah. yeah, and you were reading more about the connection between the three, vi- the two victims that are known so far in MacArthur. Yeah, well, just it just gives their names. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and so there, I mean, there has been uh, in in like over the summer in the in Toronto's gay community, there were people who were sort of like saying to the police, "Something's going on here," like these men are missing, mm-hmm. and they were sort of plotting out where different men have gone missing, um, and saying to the police, like can we figure this out they've held meetings they've tried to solicit the police wow. attention so this seems to be something that's come of that push um to say like we know like this is a community thing we know the community we know people are right coming. and the, the the community knows i mean it says that they gave the police what was it a hundred and a hundred and fifty leads wow uh names of two dozen people interview the police have been watching him for seven well several months mm-hmm um yeah and and um, looks like the last victim was killed in that time so yeah. yeah yeah even though the police were watching him he still managed to uh yeah if it is connected to allegedly yeah, yeah kill one more person and i mean it's like all this so that like going back to sort of you know the community knew like we know each other mm-hmm. like you can't have like in a place like Toronto's gay village you can't have multiple people missing and people not have information on it and Toronto police police chief Mark Saunders uh, faced questions from reporters um, about statements he made last December when he dismissed rumors that the disappearances were the work of a serial killer in the village. Um, on Thursday, he said, he said, quote, in policing, what we do is we follow the evidence. And what I said at the time was accurate at the time. Uh, so he went on to thank members of Church Wesley Village, um, sorry, Wellesley Village uh, community for helping the officers with their inquiries. Um, the investigation also involves searching through information from Project Houston, an unconnected investigation looking into the di- disappearance of three other men in the same area. Uh, so there you go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I guess it'll just unfold as they find new information. Um, but again, I think that's an example of a community being pretty acutely aware of something going on. Um and, and seeking out police assistance and yeah yeah hopefully yeah yeah it's more there's, hopefully it's the end of it well, yeah it was hard to say it's still early but um, and in, in no cases they don't have any bodies mm-hmm. so yeah it's, that's difficult to prosecute someone without a body yeah but it it can happen and to find resolution of any sort really I mean if you well and for yeah. the community to find uh peace and that sense of safety again I mean Mm -hmm. it's scary I'm yeah well yeah because we were talking about or how you had brought up that the like and it's not said specifically if they met online or anything like that right or no but there's an implication in here somewhere that this is 
Police in December, they met with members of the local community and warned gay dating app users to be careful before many people found through those apps. Right. So, yeah. I mean... That's we the police kn- saying, We know, like, we we know, know. that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, to, to, you know, get back to the seriousness of it, that it is, I mean, something that you have to think about when you're online and you're meeting people in a certain way. Yes. Um, yeah. We, I think we do. Yeah. No, and I, yeah, I think yeah. it's like with anything that, like, people are smart and they know and they take precautions and you learn and you meet in specific places and tell people who mm-hmm. you're meeting and all of this kind of stuff or tell people that you are meeting somebody, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, in continuing the trend of bringing everything back from 10 years ago without much, uh, you know, critical reflection on why we're doing this, uh, Queer Eye is back. But they're calling it Queer Eye, not Queer Eye for the straight guy. I'm sure it'll still be targeted at heterosexual audiences. Uh, I I didn't watch it. Did you watch it? The first one? Yeah. Yeah, I did, because it was like the gay content that was available. Oh, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I didn't like religiously watch it, but I saw a couple episodes. I knew the premise. I knew the guys. I knew the the Queer Eyes. It was... was, uh, stereotypes presented to a heterosexual audience in a mm-hmm. format that was safe because, I mean, they never touched each other, right? Yeah, they were like all the... Yeah, it was all the stereotypes of being gay without being sexual. Yeah, they were, they were Ken dolls. Yeah. 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 And they like... I mean, that too, right? They taught like their... What were their like superpowers? They, they each had like a category. One was like <laughs> food, like decoration, like your... I don't even, see, I don't even know what it's called because I'm not a queer guy. I, I'm not uh, a queer guy. I, your didn't wa- I didn't watch it, so I guess I'm a bad <laughs> queer guy. Your clothes. Um, and I think there was also, like, the way you held yourself, too. But they're all being released what, posture? on... posture? Yeah, I or don't know. Or your confidence? Poise. Poise, maybe. That's the gay word for it. <laughs> yeah. Poise, yeah. Still a queer guy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's being released on Netflix, and all episodes will be available February 7th, if you're really interested. Um, they say that they're, they're pulling people from a wide variety um, of men and women, uh, from an array of backgrounds and beliefs contrary to their own, touching on everything from LGBTQ rights to social commentary to how to make the best farm-to-table guacamole. Great. <laughs> Yeah, um, I don't like. I don't know. They're trying. I mean, it's like, yeah. I think all the things with queer for the straight guy. You're right that it made it more like digestible for straight people to be like, oh, I can use these gay men in my life to um, get lucky with my wife. You know, they'll teach I me how to so. shave, well, it, and I'll have confidence, and then we'll yes, be better heterosexuals. That show predated and brought in the whole metrosexual thing, mm-hmm. which has since made it difficult to tell straight guys from gay guys. <laughs> I, I, it's going to be a tougher format to sell uh, post-metrosexuality. That's true. There's a lot of straight not... guys who, you know, yeah. shave, um, you know, mm-hmm. not their face or, you know, who have expensive haircuts or nice clothes or whatever that show was selling. It's... Mm-hmm. But it's interesting, I actually heard this, um, that barbershops are the fastest growing, like, one of the fastest growing industries. Yeah. Right? And it's it's this, like, celebration of masculinity 
through like caring for yourself and caring for your beard and getting a shave sure. and drinking scotch and talking about like the war or whatever yes. you want to talk about. I have a guy that makes wax for me. I have my own. Do you, you wax have a barber? That, now? I don't know what what do, you, what do you call somebody who makes wax? A waxy? I don't know. My waxier. <laughs> <laughs> like, I email, need new wax. You got a guy that makes... Yeah, there yeah. you go. Exactly. Um, but that's yeah. also, you know, straight men are also doing that now. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So you, it's, the line has been blurred. <laughs> and they're only, yeah, they're only giving it, but you're, yeah, you're right. And I mean, in the trailer, the guys they show are like some pretty like grisly, you know, uh, I guess they're saying like, they're going to, for people who are from all backgrounds implying that like some of them are anti-gay so this is their way of bringing them to the cause and like bringing them on board you know okay <laughs> well it can't be that anti-gay if they're on the show yeah that's true and also yeah if they agree to be on the show they're like oh, okay a gay man can touch me and I won't I won't die but won't they're gonna melt. make it a thing right it's gonna be a thing what do you mean we're like oh I'm with a bunch of gay men oh it's so weird and awkward and yeah, in the trailer, one of the guys asked, like, one of them says, I've been, like, one of the gay guys says, I've been married for five years. And the the straight guy says, oh, which one of you is the woman or the wife? Uh, and then they're like, oh, but that's that's a question from, like, 15 years ago. Exactly. I don't know why we still have... <laughs> that's like yeah. remaking, like, uh, I don't know what, the Jeffersons and being like having a novel thing that a African American has a job yeah yeah I know that's the thing it's like why are we and then it's like have you seen any of I know you haven't I know the answer to this question but the revival of Will and Grace um, <laughs> well someone was telling me about this it's um, I haven't seen the revival, but yeah. apparently it's no different than the first one. Well, it's like I saw the first episode just because I wanted to be like, what is it like? Mm -hmm. And it's like preposterous. The first episode, they go to the White House and they like they go to the Trump's White House and they end up in the Oval Office and like hilarity ensues. I'm not even kidding. I was watching it. and I was like, this is just ridiculous. You but, can't, th those old shows from back when everything had a laugh track and... Yeah, that's the first problem. Every, the structure <laughs> of every sitcom was, you know, set up punchline. Yeah. Um, that doesn't work very well anymore. Yeah. And then, I mean, what's... I mean, Will and Grace was cutting edge when it came out because it was a show that actually had, you know, a comedy with the... Mm -hmm. Heterosexual playing a gay guy <laughs> in the ma main lead. But it was the first sh comedy with a lead character who was a gay character mm -hmm. yeah but this is what 20 years later yeah I don't know it's it's the same it feels like it's the same moment that's being revisited right it's the like yeah early 2000s mid 2000s which is 10 15 years ago why are we make, remaking these this shows? is what I'm saying like why are we pulling from this moment 10 or 15 years ago yeah um, and like what yeah I don't know what these shows could offer that's new because with Will and Grace like they're I don't know are they sexual this time I have no idea like I think there's more acknowledgement of um, sexuality but I don't know if they show anything like I don't they might but it's also a sitcom when on that NBC show was on, on it was a big deal when we'll actually kiss someone yeah and this is back when I can remember when if there was an episode where there was going to be a same sex kiss they would run a disclaimer at the start of the show yeah yeah like when Oprah or not Oprah whew, Roseanne. Roseanne yeah yeah. I could, yeah you know you're yeah. <laughs> you remember that era when yeah. there was a disclaimer warning this show contains adult situations They're like yeah. two people the same sex kissing yeah 
So is it going to be a big deal if it happens again? Is it going to be like must see TV? Remember must see TV <laughs> on a very special Will and Grace? Yeah, exactly. Where we'll they kiss actually it. kiss each other after well, seven years. Two men will kiss each other. Yeah. Um, no, it's just it's just weird. Like I just don't get how we like. It's not even like that was the good. That was those were the golden ages of gay TV. Those were like the first stumbling think, blocks where things wasn't were, it. Not the golden ages. I, 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 I hope we're not in the golden right age. Right now, we actually have decent shows. Of gay TV? Yeah, isn't there? I mean, I don't think we're there yet. We talked about Star Trek Discovery last week. Yeah. <laughs> Do we? Can we give a spoiler warning? Because we're talking about a current show. Yeah, sure. Okay, spoiler warning. Don't listen for, what, 30 seconds? Yeah. So the worst <laughs> thing happened... Don't listen. If you haven't seen it, from two weeks ago, yeah. the worst thing that happens to gay characters, they killed one of them off. Are you serious? Yeah. I know. You were excited last week because they actually I had know. two... Yeah, no. There can never be two gay characters on a show. Oh, my God. You were excited. And Although... I'm... Yeah. Okay, footnote. This is Star Trek. Nobody stays dead. <laughs> okay, I could list all the people who died in Star Trek and came back. Yeah. So there's hope. <laughs> okay, you know what? I'm actually having... Yeah, I'm having a hopeful moment now. <laughs> they can... Mm-hmm. Travel back in time. Yeah. And find him. Or they can go to a parallel... Oh, yeah. Get his double out of a parallel universe. That has happened. They did it for Tasha Yar. <laughs> I like how this hope can only exist on Star Trek. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay, I'm a lot less negative now about this. <laughs> okay. Um... So there you go. If you want to, thank you for that. That was our update. TV content. That was sad though, because you were like legitimately excited last yes. week. Yes. That there were two gay actors who I know. kissed I, each other. So I, gay when it happened, a... I yelled, no, Home Alone. And then I texted my friend, he did the same thing. <laughs> um, he, had to, he had to pause the TV and walk away and come back. I know. That's, and I don't think they like it's all the, yeah. The, I'm so here you go, now. gays. Here's, here's your first gay couple on Star Trek. Well, and I know Psych. this I know this is going to reveal a lot about my TV tastes, but but Degrassi, the new generation, they killed off the trans character. Uh, and it was like a way that was completely unnecessary. The, the, the character was texting while driving. It's like that, that's a lesson that you can make somebody else learn on this show. You don't need to make the trans character learn that. Yeah. And so they died in a car accident. And it's like, come on. And so the whole thing, it's just... Is, is there a surviving partner that will carry on? There was. I mean, this was a couple of years ago oh. when it when the show, and it's like, yeah, now we're in another generation of people. But oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Uh, no, they like mourned the person and, and this kind of stuff for many episodes. And their brother was still... Anyway, I just... I know all the details. I'll admit that. But (laughs) but it was just another example of, like, killing off that character and being like, why? Like, why couldn't you kill off random teen for texting? You know? Not that beloved character. But anyway. Um, okay, that was our TV content. Yeah, there you go. That was pop culture. Um, I also I feel Check. like this week is all updates. Uh, so last week we talked about the nude swim party. Remember? Yes. The canceled uh, pool party that was for uh, put, being put on by a nudist group in uh, Calgary. Um, so, but what ended up happening is the nudist pool group in Edmonton just invited them up, and they were like, "Okay, mm-hmm. yeah." <laughs> I'm not saying that's any judgment on the difference between Calgary and Edmonton, but... Uh, no, I think it is. Yeah. A little there bit. Was, there was, you sent me this article about 
Calgary's neo-Puritanism. Yeah, no, I did there like was, that article. I think Paula, Paula Simons had a good article in, in the journal saying, that, you know, this doesn't happen in Edmonton. Mm-hmm. We've had nude swims for 30 years and no one freaks out. Yeah. And it is, I mean, it is the, like, the vitriol with which they, like, it's just, it was just, yeah, they were uh, threatening people. They were, like, threatening their cars. They said that they were going to put their names online and take their license plates. Like, they had a whole bunch of tactics they were going to use to try to, you know, shame people. And it's just really weird. Americanization like, of the politics in Calgary and yeah. Southern Alberta. <laughs> it is. I don't know. That's my... Theory. Yeah. The, the the rhetoric um, coming out of uh, the southern right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There. Yeah. Judgment. Sweeping judgment across <laughs> southern Alberta. There's, you know, there's people people trying to do good work in Calgary. Absolutely. But there it's is, just but sort they, of... They're up against a lot worse than we are. Yeah. I mean, it, it was a weird... It was a weird moment. And maybe it's, you know, somebody caught on to this and flagged it and... I don't know if it was flagged differently in Edmonton, would people react the same way? Like, I don't know, because the events seem to have gone on. They're invited to it. It's been going on for 30 years, as you've said. I think we have a more, not laissez-faire, but, or I don't think we're any more tolerant. I think it's just a certain ideology about getting involved in people's personal lives. Mm -hmm. Ironically, the same people who want small government. But still want to be able to... Yeah, and want their, like, freedom of speech listened to, which I've got a good connection to this. Do you want the next story? Yeah. Um, Okay, so we've avoided mostly talking about this guy on uh, the radio show for many reasons, mostly because he thrives on getting media attention. Who? That is uh, Jordan Peterson from the University of Toronto. Oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah, so he's he's known, <laughs> yeah. I thought you were going to say Trump. I really did think you were going to Trump. No, yeah, we've, yeah, we've, I like, have, have you ever seen the show Broad City? No. It's an amazing show, but anyway, on this season of the show, they uh, treat the name Trump like a swear, so every time they say it, they beep it. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. Awesome. That's a side note. Okay. Um... Okay, so what's happened, uh, to give a very quick sort of rundown of who Jordan Peterson is, he's a psychology professor, keep Mm -hmm. that in mind, at the University of Toronto, and he's gained notoriety uh, because it started publicly, I mean, he was known at the University of Toronto among students and faculty for being very controversial before it hit media attention, but he got media attention because he... Uh, said that he would refuse to call students by their uh, pronouns. Um, So this mainly meant that he would refuse to call students by pronouns other than she or he. So he didn't want to use they, them, ze, zer, any of those other uh, pronouns that we use to describe ourselves. And he said he's, it's sort of, I mean, you can, if you dare, you can listen to interviews of him where he, you know, tries to explain what he means by this at first he was sort of banking on like this isn't proper english right Mm -hmm. um which i'm not sure if you listen to interviews or read his work um you might be able to pull apart the fact that he doesn't practice 
perfect English <laughs> all the time either. Um, but also, I mean, there's like bodies around the world. I don't need to make these arguments. There's bodies around the world who recognize that the singular they is appropriate to use. We use it in everyday language. They've been doing it for hundreds of yes. years, apparently. Yes, and like you can think of it when you're like, oh, my uh, my cousin's coming, uh, you know, and somebody else is like, doesn't know the gender of your cousin, and they say, oh, are they bringing egg salad? Like we use that in everyday language when we don't know the gender of somebody. Anyway, anyway, that's a di- that's a that's a tangent. Um, so he has gained notoriety and he's made a ton of money off of really stoking the fire of people who um, are uh, everything from trans, uh, anti-trans to transphobic to racist to anti-immigrant. Um, and there's a huge controversy about all of this. Keeping in mind, and I just really want to underline this, that he presents himself as an expert and he's really banking on his um, position at the University of Toronto as a professor. Uh, but he's a professor of psychology. He's not a professor of English, nor is he a professor of gender, nor is he a professor of anything else that has to do with thinking about why somebody would want to use pronouns. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Or even philosophy, if we want to talk about free speech. He is not a professor of that. Not that you need to be an accredited expert in order to say anything on this, but he's banking on his position of power in order to gain... He's making it his shtick. Yes, in order to gain credibility. So, why are we talking about this now, finally? It's because the Citadel Theatre here in Edmonton has refused to accept... Um, Penguin's Penguin Books request to host a book launch um, from uh, base uh, of the book by Jordan Peterson. Um, and so Peterson, uh, in a statement, the Citadel notes it received a rental request from Penguin Books to host the book launch. Peterson reports on his website that he would be speaking at the Citadel's hall venue on February 11th. But the Citadel statement says, quote, the client, Dr. Jordan Peterson, prematurely announced that the event was to occur at the Citadel prior to the finalization of the contract. The Citadel Theater reserves the right to refuse events that are not in keeping with our mandate values or vision statement. Upon review of this statement, we determined that this event was one that we should refuse on that basis and advised Dr. Peterson that his request to rent the venue was declined without acceptance of his deposit for the rental, end quote. So that's a statement coming from the Citadel Theater. So keeping in mind, and this has been brought up, that the Citadel um, is a, you know, private organization it does get public funding but ultimately it's a private organization that every day makes decisions on who can rent its spaces right yeah yeah so is there any outcry in Edmonton? Well, if you listen to Alberta at noon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. But I mean, it's the regular, it's um, and in the comment sections, and uh, it's just sort of stirring up. I mean, we can look we can look down the comment sections of this Edmonton Journal article. Um, but it, it stirs up all of these things, right? It stirs up, like, these arguments about free speech, about all of this stuff, like, how how can... And I think I think that's the sort of huge aggravation, is that it's it's these false arguments about free speech, right? Like, the Citadel's a private yeah, business. Yeah, he, he can go somewhere else, right? Yeah. The Citadel isn't the only venue in mm-hmm. Edmonton that can host him. No, and I mean, it, it makes... And I'm not saying... I, who knows what his motives are, but it is attention. a huge... Every time yeah. somebody... But people like, who are like that, who whose career depends on... Controversy. Controversy. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of people who get off on being denied speaking, because mm-hmm. then that gets them way more attention. 
Absolutely. That's been the like um, MO of the right right now that they like people Coulter. like Milo and Coulter who they she know they're going to be refused from venues. Miles is getting re- is yeah. probably happier getting refused mm-hmm. because we already know what homophobic or racist things she's going to say. Mm-hmm. But if she gets refused, that gets her publicity. It's true. And it's far less work. She doesn't have to actually go to the city and make a speech about whatever she's talking about or whatever he's talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, like his book is out. It's called Twelve Rules for Life, An Antidote to Chaos. Uh, there's been some reviews on it by places like The Guardian who sort of uh, say, you know, it's based on it's 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 a bit rambling and, and not focused, which is funny because it's supposed to be a book about curing chaos, um, but that's just the Guardian's take on it. I haven't read it yet. Hmm. Um, so speaking yeah. of pronouns, do you want to talk? We've talked. Yeah, about these are all good. Your transitions. To your different things. email signature. It changed. Did you? Yeah, I did. So what did you do for your email signature? Well, no, I've uh, so I've added uh, my pronouns, which are she and her. Interesting. To my email signature, and I'm a cisgender person. I see myself as cisgender. Is that what you, you put that in your email signature? I did. Yeah. On your suggestion, yeah. Well, no, we, but I, I, I agree. Suge- we I had agree. a conversation about it because I noticed um, it's becoming more common. Mm-hmm. I've seen one person in government do it. I think that's going to be it's going to be a lot slower there. Have you done it? No. I know. I, I know. Well. <laughs> Because it's, I mean, government's so slow to change. Mm-hmm. But you being an academic, yeah, there was, I can just change it. There was no, no yeah, exactly, <laughs> academic freedom. No, but sort of, I, I, and I, the reason I changed it is because I agreed with you that I think often it's uh, trans people and gender nonconforming people who put their uh, their gender and their pronouns, right. and then they're the ones who have to shoulder this. Like, they're I'm the, the one always, that's always yeah. having to, yeah. And cisgender people don't have to ever. Mm-hmm. Doesn't doesn't come up. Mm-hmm. So if we all did it, yeah, no, yeah, and I think it would be it would be much easier. And um, I like the way I present is you know sometimes I do get mistaken for being like a dude. Um, it used to really bug me, but now I think it's pretty funny because I'm like really <laughs> I just don't I don't get it. But um, uh, but yeah, no, I think that like putting it like yeah it can it shows that that. Uh, yeah, that we should, and, and whenever people sort of, sorry, whenever people, like, I'm in a situation and people ask, you know, what are your, what are your, and preferred mm-hmm. isn't even the word that we should use now, but what are your pronouns, um, and they do it to everybody equally, I think that's very important. Yeah, I've been to conferences where everybody's had their pronouns on their, their name tags, mm-hmm. which is cool. Yeah. I mean, it, it makes it, I mean, alleviates the burden from anybody to have to constantly correct people. Mm-hmm. And... I've seen it in some things when you sign up. Mm, sign, yeah, signing yeah. up to volunteer at, I believe, Homeless Connect, and I believe even the Fringe, because um, I think they're using the same software. Uh, when you sign up for some things now, it'll you know he you know, used to he used to ask you your title, right? Yeah, Mister, Ms. I was like, no doctor. Yeah, <laughs> crap. <laughs> but um, now, now, um, sometimes when you sign up for things, I notice that it asks for your pronouns. Yeah, and then whether they actually put that on your name tag, and then whether you, I mean, it'd be a whole thing too about like whether right. you want it to be on your name tag. Um, but no, I think it, and I think it. Uh, 
Yeah, I think it's one of those things that doesn't take a huge amount of effort and it like causes people for, to actually think. For you in an academic setting, it wasn't a lot of effort. If people, I mean, I mean, for the organization to oh, actually yeah. just like change it and say that this option is available. I know it yes. takes bureaucratic effort to be like we have to change our, our way of like recruiting we volunteers. We had a meeting yeah. about standardization of email signatures yesterday. Oh my goodness! Because um, <laughs> some ministries do have standardized email signatures. Yeah. So um, I can see change coming out of the government's diversity and inclusion policy, mm-hmm. but it hasn't been launched yet. Right. So, you know, in 2025, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll see who's in power. And uh, Yeah, whether the email signatures change. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, no, but yeah, I think that's like a, a small... A definite small way that the cisgender people can sort of put it out there that this is something that um, should be respected. Definitely. Yeah. Would you like to play records on the radio? Gee whiz! Can I? You bet your bottom dollar. Really? Even me? Yes, almost anyone can volunteer at CJSR, Edmonton's community radio station. We will train you how to sound keen on the microphone. You can learn how to play records, compact discs, and the exciting new MP3, the format of tomorrow. Or you could train to be a big city news reporter or produce jocular commercials, just like this one. Is it hard? Does it suck? It's as easy as one, two, three. Call 780-492-2577 or electronic mail. Volunteer at CJSR.com. Consider your exciting future at CJSR. This is Brenda. I'm at the Tickle Trunk at 9923-82 Avenue, and you're listening to Gaywire. Hey, we are Gaywire. Hi. Uh, yeah, so you have uh, some information on a new initiative that's being launched. Do you still have that information? Uh, let me get the thing up, yeah. So... Um, Yes, thank you for the person who called in to mm-hmm. let us know. Um, modeled on the LGBT It Gets Better campaign is a new campaign called We Matter. Uh, launched by a brother and sister from Hay River Northwest Territories. Uh, the We Matter campaign is for supporting Indigenous youth who feel alone and are looking for support. So there's a website uh, with videos of Indigenous people from across the country sharing personal stories of struggle and perseverance. And the hope is that the messages will encourage Indigenous youth to not give up. So if you just Google We Matter, uh, I think that's one of the top hits. And uh, yeah, it looks pretty cool. Yeah. I don't know much about it yet. Just learned about it. But thank you for letting us know. Yeah. No, and it's interesting to see what's coming out of the uh, LGBTQ It Gets Better campaign because that's sort of Is that still going? And then, I don't think so. I think it sort of has seen its day. It fizzled when homophobes started making It Gets Better videos. Yeah, that might have been the point Yeah, at which it, it went down. Obama made one, not a homophobe. But then there were like conservatives, federal conservatives in Canada, who started making them. That's and, so hopefully that yeah. does not happen to. We matter. We matter. Mm-hmm. 
No, but I mean, that's the thing, like, when there's huge campaigns like that. I mean, sure, when something is, catches on, yeah. everybody wants to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. And then Lynn Bayak will <laughs> <laughs> chime in. Yeah. 